It's episode 21 of LOI Weekly and it's a great time to be alive if you're a League of Ireland fan because this is a very much a time to celebrate the fact that we've three teams in Europe and they're all going into big games uh, live on Air Sport, live on RT as well. And on episode 21, we will later be talking to Tomer Chinchinsky. But first of all, Daniel McDonnell is not here at the moment. Uh, we'll be talking to him at the presser for Dundalk and Rosenberg. Uh, but Alan Keane, my fellow North Galway man, is... And as ever, we're on Podcast Republic, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Snapchat. And this is a European special. And uh, a bit unlike Dave Barry, who invoked uh, playing a Czech team sometime when I think the Soviet Union still existed as some sort of a relevance to the fact that Rovers are playing Lada Bolislav. Alan Keane, you actually have a bit more topical kind of references to European combat, Rosenberg and Dundalk. Yeah, I suppose um, back in back in the day, I suppose 2014, having played Rosenberg with Sligo Rovers. He screwed it up. Uh, we did, yeah. We we uh, went over there, beat them 2-1 mm. and um, came home and went 1-0 up and uh, then just... What happened? Um, I suppose the, as the saying goes, the, the arse of the book it went, you know, we, we, we just threw it, uh, we, we just collapsed, I think, once they, they got the first goal just before half time. Um, they were quite a good side in, in fairness to them and uh, I think they finished second in the league that year um, but we just went in at half time and I think a lot of nerves didn't set in because they had uh, equalised with us and we knew that if they scored another one or two we were the in away trouble goals. yeah the way goals and I suppose fitness at, at that time as well they, they became stronger and physically um, stronger than us so that just it was very disappointing considering we went 3-1 up on aggregate and we had a chance out there to go. Uh, I suppose three, three, one. That'll be that would have been three away goals. But uh, listen, when you fail to take chances like that, you're always setting yourself up for trouble against a good side. Did you watch Soccer Republic this week? Um, no, it was on too late. I was in bed, so uh, yeah, I, a lot I, of people I, say that. To yeah, be fair. I um I normally catch up with it every week. Obviously, I have it uh, recorded and stuff, so. Uh, I didn't get a chance to mm. see it yet. If you're unaware of what I'm talking about, uh, I t- just thought it was utterly bizarre from Dave Barry. He spoke about playing a Czech team in the whatever the early to mid nineties, and just the fact that League of Ireland clubs have come on so much in terms of their European preparation. I think back in those days it was kind of a bit of a piss up in some respect. With all due respect, and they didn't expect anything to happen. Whereas now, because of standards set by certain clubs, they're going in, and you have them all going into this game with belief that they can do it. Definitely, yeah. You look, you look at last year at Dundalk, and no one really gave them a chance when they came to Batty, you know, and they proved uh, proved everyone wrong. And then, I suppose you look at when they played Legia Warsaw again; they went out there with no fear. And then, the group stages, they, it just kept getting better and better. And they were still in the group stages until the last game. I suppose the second last game of the season, or second last game of the group stages, was what really. Um, kind of killed the, the... That was the Alkmaar game at home. The Alkmaar game, if we had drawn or won when that When did game. you come in exactly? I came in uh, just after the Legia game. Mm. So um, I was a part of the the group stages uh, squad, you know. So it was disappointing because it was such a good um, camaraderie between the lads and, and, and the belief when the draw was made, uh, a lot of people were giving out all the travelling and stuff we have to do. But uh, the first thing all the lads said was, we have a chance of getting out of this group. And, um, Who said that now? Was that a Kenny thing or was it like the squad? The whole squad and Stephen Kenny. That, like that sounded fanciful. Yeah, it, it was like I, I, me obviously being new into the squad, I was like, wow, these lads are really full of confidence. I knew how good that team was from training with them and stuff. And um, obviously the first game uh, that, that against um, uh, Tel Aviv. 
the first no, game was against uh, Alkmaar away. Alkmaar away. Then, we, drew, we drew one all. We got a late goal, Karen Kilduff. And then Tel Aviv at home. It dominated was, that game. Uh, unbelievable. Like, it was... It was um, it was, I suppose, stuff of dreams. Like, you were looking on the pitch and, like, these are supposed to be top-class teams and we're actually outplaying them. Yeah, know? because as well, like, Tel Aviv were... Maccabi Tel Aviv were something like a middle tier of... Middle in the third tier of, of the three, kind of, of the four sections. But uh, I know that Zenit were... I think Zenit were second in the top tier, in the top seeding, and in the second tier, Alkmaar were top. Yeah. They were taking on, actually, a really good group. And... If that header had gone in from Massey at home to Zenith, likely they'd have been top of the group three games in. People don't realise how amazing that could have been. You know? Yeah, it, it was. It was. Uh, it was just amazing. Like it, you, you look back and I, I say it about our mistakes we made at Sligo against Rosenberg. It was the same thing. You know, you're going into the 78 minute against Zenith. You're one 0 up, and you're you, you miss an opportunity like that, and um, then you you concede sloppy goals. Mm. You know, um, which really frustrating because they didn't really look like. At, at that moment in time, they didn't look like that they were going to go and, 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 and go on and win the game. But uh, from that was disappointing and obviously the lads were devastated and, but they picked themselves back up, you know, and, you know, they, they, you had a crazy schedule as well. You were just oh, playing in like Longford the following week or whatever. Yeah. Then, like. yeah it was like a Monday night uh, against Longford. We played, I think it was Shamrock Rovers on the Friday, Longford on the Monday and then at home to Zinnett on the, on the Thursday. But to be honest with you, a lot of the press and a lot of the people are saying, oh, it's done talk of a lot of games, but, to be fair, we all loved it because um, you ask any 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 lad, they prefer to play games, you know, rather than the training. Sometimes the training, the hardest part, I suppose, was at the end of the season when the season finished. Probably was what was really the turning point in the in the Europa League campaign because we ran out of games, and then you're back in training, and and that sharpness wasn't there. Is that going to be a problem for Galway hurlers after a five week break in the semi final? I think so. Yeah, you look at the lads you're coming in. Match sharpness is is crucial. Like you can do all the training you want, and you can have have all the training games, all the friendly games, but lads aren't aren't uh, you know they won't give it their all in training. You fancy uh, Tip to win the Ireland? I think Tip will win it. I just think they'll come good. Right. Yeah. Well, let's. I think we both hope you're wrong on that. But um, how has life been post retirement? Because you're in the fire brigade now, and uh, you were explaining there that you can't let your beard grow very long. Yeah, I am. Yeah. The, the only part of my uh, body that I can grow here is my face, and I have to shave it. Um, yeah, I've uh, done a three weeks recruit course there, so uh, I I passed everything, and um, just waiting on my start date now, and and um really looking forward to it i'm definitely retired this time anyway uh, yeah but i always i always thought you'd come back to go united and why didn't you because we could have done with you as well at times um yeah i, I, I at the start of the year uh, i suppose i when before i signed for crusaders um i kind of put feeders out there that i, I wouldn't mind giving a go you know for a, a year but obviously it would i'd love to have gone back to go united but uh had no contact whatsoever from from uh shane keegan or anything like that so uh um stephen kenny wanted to sign me back with dundalk but that was that was a no for me because I, I was obviously keeping an eye on the fire service coming up. And so uh, you might have signed for going out this year. Yeah, I probably if I got the call, I probably yeah I would have. I suppose it was uh, a respect to shame. We've uh, our captain is right back as well, and he probably yeah. felt that maybe you know, Colm yeah. Horgan was the man. But uh, you know, because we we great fondness for you, and also factor for maybe knock more. You know, it's great to have mm. Paulie Cunningham scoring from Headford, Owen McCormick from Ballinasloe, mm. spread around the county. Yeah. Which means a lot to me, anyway. Oh, it is. It's great. Like it's great to see Porik. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a keen admirer of Porik. I, I think he's uh, apart from the injuries aside. You know, he's he can go on to be a top class uh, League of Ireland player. Um, I know there's a, there was a couple of clubs, top clubs in in League of Ireland, uh, looking for him. You know, 
and I think he got a couple of injuries uh, in the past uh, year or two. Mm -hmm. But um, he's just shown that the character that he is, he's come back stronger. And I think if he gets a good run of games, he'll be a, a top-class striker. And I think my mate Julian Canney said you were the only guy to win two league medals after retiring. Would that be right? Uh, one that we actually blew the other one in, in Crusaders. Yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're, that's we, right. Actually, yeah. we were seven points clear up the no up the north, and um, with fourteen games to go, and we lost it on the last day of the season. That's how did you find the north? Um, all right, not great to be honest. Which is not they don't really play football up there. It's, more get it down and kick it as far away from the goal and you're, you'd be big and physical, you know. Um, I like the I League found, of Ireland not that long ago. Yeah, yeah, something like that where you get it, turn the full back and you have a fast striker that runs after it. But no, I, I, listen, I enjoyed my time up there. there were, it was a fantastic little club. Um, but just, uh, it found it hard to adjust, you know, when you're you're coming from teams that you're used to playing football, getting it down and play to you get the ball and there's no one around you having to kick along I just I found it hard you know but um, well, say you're still there now and uh, one of your teammates rather than playing in Europe has uh, gone on holidays to Mallorca and that's, this happens like still happening does that not disgust you like uh, well yeah you trust the lads that that they'd look after themselves you know but um, this is missing the game though Oh, missing Do you the know game. what I mean? You're oh, missing, well. This has been happening even this year, and yeah, yeah. See, that's the problem. It's not a, it's not a full time, and there's some very, very good, good players up there. And I've, I spoke to the lads, some of the lads on the team. I said, would you ever come down and, and uh, try, try it out at, down south? And they're like, what's the point? Sure, I'm training Tuesdays and Thursdays, and a game Saturday. I'm free then to do what I want, you know. So um, it's disappointing, but you, you either have it or you don't have it. It's either in you whether you want to, how, how much you want, you want to go and be a professional footballer, you know. And um, for them, I think it's just they have a job and they're happy out and they get to kick a ball and get paid for Not it. Not part of the culture, I suppose, even. Yeah, that that's that's just the way it is for mm. them, I think. I think they're so used to being used to that way of, 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 of I suppose, Tuesday and Thursdays and not having to train Monday. I, like, I don't get me wrong, I tried to get one or two of the lads down towards Ligo side, like, you know. And Who did you like up there in terms of players? Um, Paul Heatley was very, very good. Um, small lad, but exceptionally very very talented and Gavin White another lad um, very very good players but as I said they're just happy to the way I asked them they said they're working and they uh, you know training Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays and they're happy they're happy out you yeah. know so listen as I said you, you either want it or you don't want it and I think that they're happy the way they are and let's just talk about your career. You you always said that you were changed, I suppose, as a player by Paul Cook in terms of what he made you uh, out to be. And within not long at all, people were saying Alan Keane is like the best right back in the league. And not only because you're defending, but because of the attacking kind of uh, outlet that you became at a what was a very good Sligo side, obviously. Um, how do you look back on your career in general? Um, yeah, I don't think I have any regrets. You know, I look back and... Um I suppose when I signed for Sligo, it was obviously the turning point. You know, when I was with Galway, I had a lot of injuries and it was 15 games a season nearly. And it was every time I seemed to come back, I was always getting these little niggles and knocks and injuries. And I, I think when I first signed for Sligo, I ended up playing 49 games that season. And um, Paul Cook, you know, uh, the first season that came, I know it myself that I was a very raw young fella coming that hadn't played much football. And he, he was putting me right back to replace Jamie Coleman. So yeah so I, Shamey like you know I was like geez, he's gone on yeah um, I didn't know it, but he had popped in a couple of times during the year in training good lad yeah nice fella very nice fella um, you know um, w w I went on to have a fantastic career 
Did I'm, you see yourself kind of as trying to f- fit the role that he was playing as well? Because he was very attackive. Yeah, I think I, I think so. Uh, from playing against him, I used to. Look, I remember we at goal we used to the whole team talk was how to stop Jamie Coleman, and he was playing right back. and he was playing right back. You know, so that just shows how good he was. And um, we 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 tried him a couple of times, but he was just he was just brilliant. You know, and I suppose I had that little bit of pressure uh, coming there that I was replacing Jamie Coleman, and Paul Cook already had said it to me. Um, but look at it, it drove me on that little bit more to try and be uh, as good as him. Um, but it, uh, the way it turned out in 2009, I ended up playing most of my games at centre-back with Gavin Pearce. And uh, then Paul Cook, obviously, being the uh, the very good man-manager that he was, just kept, he, he was just he was just unbelievable at, at that, you know, and kept giving you the belief that, you know, you, you will be the best player in the league or you'll be the best player in that position. And, you know, he tell you, and he go through you as well. Would he? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, he. he mm. you, you don't want to go in the dressing room, and you're even if you're one 0 up at half time, you've missed a couple of chances. He just, uh, he was one of them. But was uh, he the best coach you played under? Uh, the best manager, yeah. Best man. Best manager, yeah. Best coach. Coach, uh, possibly would have been, um, I'd say, Ian Barraclough. Yeah, as in coach wise, he had a different style. He was very kind of n- nice manager, but like he was. Yeah, he was a he was a, it was like chalk and cheese with him and Paul Cook. You know, he's in 2012. Obviously, um, Paul left just before week two before the season started, and you know, Ian Barraclough came in. No one really knew who he was, and from apart from googling him and and and, and that, and we we weren't didn't know what to expect. So it was a bit different in the league, the way it um, uh, when we played league games, and you're not. You're not hearing this shouting on the line and, mm. and the scouts accent, but it was good. It was good. We had a great, great, great team back in 2012. You know that Paul would have signed a lot of lads before uh, he left, and I suppose Ian came in and he just let the let us let us flow. And he's tactical and he's uh, everything that he's he, got a good job now as well. Yeah, he's a good mm. little job up the Northern Ireland on 21s, but he um he used to go through teams in in detail and give us a lot of info. And he wouldn't be the man for for shouting and, and stuff like that compared to Paul. But um, I suppose you know he's got the he, Ian Barraclough in his own way got the best out of the players as well. What and went that, wrong with Owen Heary then? What went wrong with Owen Heary? His man management and um, his man management was was just poor. Like you know, he, uh, it's it's so hard to, to to explain. He's come in. I was really looking forward to him, and I know a lot of other lads were really looking forward to him coming in. Um, we're at a stage where I suppose. Uh, it was a lot of uncertainty around the club in 2014 after we had a couple of manager changes as well and then he, uh, then Owen Harry was appointed and we said happy days and it's someone I admired as well in the in the League of Ireland you know for for years especially he played at, at superb uh, player yeah at right back and and coming up against him you know I'd looked up to him and then obviously he came in as manager and it just I suppose inexperienced and you know it's I suppose it's different when you when you become a player to a manager you're dealing with. 20 odd personalities and um I just he he wasn't great you know at that and I think he still was in the frame of mind that he was a player and you know difficult yeah, transition maybe so. yeah probably and he, you know it was a it's like it was a big job for him um at then and he was doing all right at Bose he had a lot of kids but he came here he had a lot of came to, to Sligo Rovers you know he had a lot of um I suppose senior lads and then you know there was a lot of stuff saying oh the senior lads are are not helping in the dressing room and we were getting confused, you know, what what's going on because everything seems to be good apart from one one you know, during the week we were working on something and come game day it'll be a different tactic and it was just confusing, you know, and it, it just for me just uh wasn't the best of manager I ever played on there. 
yeah, and uh, we're going to get to Dan now very shortly. But just in general, the the European experience, like I as I, as everyone knows, I'm a going night fan. I've never seen going night play in Europe, but I got an incredible buzz out of watching Dundalk, Cork, even Rovers, particularly when they that part of Belgrade night. But um, as a player, it must be completely different. Like it just must be another plane of kind of enjoyment and buzz. I would say. Yeah, the whole build up to it, everything, the build up to the the games and and stuff like that, it, it's just com- you're, you're going completely different from the league games. There's a different feel around the you know the towns and stuff like that, and you're playing, I suppose, opposition that you see on TV in 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 Europa leagues and Champion League group stages, and uh, you're always you always as a player you always want to try your 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 uh, pitcher, I suppose your your best uh, against the best, you know. So who was the toughest you, you played against? Um, the toughest team would have been Poltava in the Ukraine. Uh, they had a couple of Ukrainian internationals uh, uh, that year, and geez, uh, that was an eye opener. Their strength and their their pace, and I remember their left back. I, I I was supposed to be fit enough back then in 2010, and uh, I remember the left back, and I I was trying to run beside him, and he was just like a train. I was trying to like trying to catch a train, and he, he was a Ukrainian left back, and um they're excellent you know and we done ourselves proud i suppose that year we we drew nil nil out there and we should have probably got beat eight or nine nil um brendan clark was in goal at that time and he um he just pulled off some worldies of saves to keep us in it and uh subsequently enough they came and beat us two nil uh in the showgrounds um without having to break too much of a sweat you know and we actually have dan on the line right now dan how are you good johnny just speaking uh, I know. I mean, it doesn't necessarily translate to podcast, but when we're recording, I'm uh, I'm speaking live from Oriel Park, just waiting for the Rosenborg boys to come out and start training and have their first look at the place. So, uh, Champions League fever of sorts kicking in up here. The boy, as he used to be known, but now the man, Alan Keane, uh, reckons that uh, Rosenborg may not be too impressed with the dressing rooms. It's unlikely. That's possibly why they're taking such a while to come out. Uh, they're actually sort of realising what's actually going on and might have gone and changed back on the bus or something um, they've decided to stay in Drada as well which is a controversial move wow uh, you know sort of laying down a marker in terms of like not bringing their spending into the, the dark economy um, but yeah I don't think anyone who comes here likes the dressing rooms I've never really heard that view by anyone and I've never heard anyone want to stay in Drada before either <laughs> <laughs> and, well, I mean, there you go. I mean, you would have thought you, they, they might have done their, their homework on both counts, but I'll let you say that. Alan, do you remember much of Dan uh, during the, the, the days of League of, on the beat of the League of Ireland? I do. I remember Dan very well, yeah. yeah Many yeah. an interview I've done with him. Look at him now. Yeah, he's, he's, he's flying it now, he is. Yeah, and Dan... Uh, Alan, you're, 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 you're addressing Alan as though he retired, like, I don't know, 10, 12 years <laughs> ago. Like, I, I interviewed him within the last year, Johnny, I'd say, you know. We have dealt with this, Dan. We have dealt yeah. with this. Like, okay, you, 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 you've been there today, and uh, what is the vibe? I mean, I suppose last year uh, some of Kenny's press conferences were incredibly bullish and confident, but I guess there's a feeling in Ireland that this is achievable. What is the vibe up there? Yeah, I think, though, I mean, I think we've certainly spoke about this in the last couple of weeks. I think before the FH match last year, he was wary of being too bullish, and I think it's the same this time around. Uh, there's more pressure on this round than any of the others, I think, because you lose and it's over. Um, it's not going to be the case from next year. The champions will be guaranteed two ties. Even if they lose the first Champions League, they go into Europa. And this is the last year where the champions could all be over by next week. And it's, and it's very sudden and it's abrupt. So um, yeah, I'm not saying he's not confident. I mean, he, he is. And, and he's, he's sort of accentuating the positive as he always tends to do about 
you know, not just the ability of his players, but the way they should play. They should try and play in the right areas. Um, a lot of stuff we've heard before, but I, I, I guess in, in some ways, you know, you, you could argue, certainly from the outside, that you would fear maybe that the leaf might have been damaged by the first sort of five months or so of the season. Um, or maybe a shorter period than that, but you know, over the past month, they they have got a bit of a winning run together, and you can sense that he seems to have a bit more trust, maybe in his team's ability to defend. Um, nine and, clean and sheets out of ten, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'd go for five out of five. I, the nine out of ten stat is true, but the tenth was Sean Maguire running riot up here um, in the most damaging loss of the season. But I'd go for the five out of five since the break. There's possibly some significance in that because he's probably potentially hit on a partnership that works for him in terms of Gartland and Vemelund, which has yeah. been a talking point. Yeah. Uh, they seem to have got the balance right there. Now, the flip side, and I mean, Kenny did address it today, uh, you know, you need to leap up a couple of levels from domestic form. I mean, as Alan would know, as anyone who's played in Europe knows, um, you could be lulled into a false sense of security from, from some of the games you've played in the League of Ireland where maybe you might have been that competitive and all of a sudden you're playing team tomorrow with much better movement well, and maybe that, yeah. defense, maybe that defence isn't that rock solid after yeah, and, it has looked better though it and has better. It, it has been, I, I obviously watched the game with you there I was watching the game in, in Daily Mount like in Vimelund and Garten look strong but First, I suppose, first and foremost, you know, we've no Andy Boyle for this European run and, and that's going to be big. But what intrigues me here is what he's going to do in terms of midfield. Is he going to play Conley or is he going to go with maybe the defensive uh, kind of strength and experience that John Mountney would have with maybe Duffy on the other side? Is Stephen O'Donnell going to start? Can you answer those questions? Um, I, Can I can't Stephen Kenny? The, I can't answer the question. I got the sense that I mean, O'Donnell is back. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't start, but I'm not... 100%, I would expect it to be Shields and Benson, maybe, if I was to take a stab. Obviously, McElhenney ahead of them. Um, it, it could well be Mountney on the right and, and Duffy on the left. I mean, whatever about Connolly being new, I mean, he was a bit underwhelming last week, but I would not be getting carried away with that. Get used to a new club, a new team, new style of play. Um, but what Kenny did say afterwards was he hadn't really played in the last month and he felt he wouldn't have wanted to pitch him in, but he wanted to see where he was at. I don't know if he saw enough last week to be sure he could throw him in over there. But what you would say is, and we've spoken about this before, the advantage of Connolly um, is that he's still got a big role to play in two games because of his electrifying pace, which is they don't maybe have it in other areas of the team. And you can certainly see it in the away leg being a huge weapon to have if the tie is still alive. In terms of tomorrow, I'm, I'm not 100% convinced that he, he would start the game. Um, but I would expect him to play it. I'm not sure if it's a case of being defensive. I think it's more just a case of of being able to trust him fully and, and, and does he go with the players who, okay, Duffy uh, wasn't here last year, but the likes of Mountney who, who have played, you know, a double figure amount of European games and, and probably have an element of, of knowing what mm. it's He's also conscious, he's spoken about uh, the Rosenberg left foot. I think he's a Serbian guy who scored a few goals and it's pretty dangerous. Um, and I mean, Mountney possibly does give you a bit of protection if you have an offensive fullback coming, coming at you from the other side. Yeah, Dan. Um, just uh, on, I suppose on that, I, I, I possibly think. No, I suppose knowing Stephen Kinney, he'd probably go with the tried and tested. That I suppose last year would have. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him putting Paddy Barrett in beside um, Ryan Gartland. And uh, obviously, yeah, it's a big call now. Yeah, it is. But I, I, I just feel that Stephen Kinney would have probably looked at it, and as he said, it, it, probably an indication from his interview. Uh, would say that it's a step up for League of the League of Ireland to the European game. So he'd look at that and he'd probably see that Paddy Barrett has the European experience and and uh, 
and the big game experience. Um, don't get me wrong, Nicholas uh, Bellman has done really well this year, but I think he might go back to that back four. Regards, Stephen O'Donnell, um, obviously he's a really key player, um, but how fit he is, I don't know. And whether if he plays Stephen O'Donnell and Chris Shields, you'd know he'd be kind of going for Can't that. Can't play the two of them, all of them. No, yeah. that would, you, you wouldn't know. Stephen Kenny might look to, I suppose, maybe start the game like that, but I I don't know how fit Stephen is. And I know he's been carrying a knock for the last, uh, I'd say, since last year as well. And he's yeah, I guess, get fit. I guess like he doesn't want to waste the sub in some way. Yeah, Alan, like, ex- exactly. You know, which has happened a lot in the European games yeah. last year. Yeah. You remember, you know, it sort of upsets the plans, doesn't it? That's it, yeah. That's that's the problem. If he plays and he comes off after ten minutes, you know, um, which will be which will be a, I suppose a decision. But I can see him going with Benson, McAlinney and, and and Chris Shields and I, I think as well he he'll play John Mountney on the right and um I don't think Dylan Conley will start. I think he'll he'll use him as a as a player to come on as as the game goes on and um with with his pace. Uh Michael Duffy has done really well this year, but um I, 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 it's hard. It's hard to know. I, I think he'd probably go with him over Jamie McGrath, um, and and that's the way uh, I think he would go. Um, but you know, Stephen Kenny, he uh, he's a clever manager. So uh, whatever team he goes with is obviously the one he fancies. Yeah, and Dan, how do you call it actually? Yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I guess you know naturally from our from our side of things, we look at the dog because that's the team that we know. Um, trying to get a handle really on where Rosenberg are at. Um, they're are they out yet? The, yeah, they're just they're just coming out. The the, the goalkeeping goalkeeper is coming out with the ball. Want to get them on? A look, having a Put look. Put them on there for a minute. They're, no, they're a bit they're a bit far away at the moment. Just give them a their shout coach, there. Their, their coach is still doing interviews, but um, but their manager is under a small bit of pressure because I mean, okay, Dundalk have had a pretty bad year uh, in terms of defending their title because that looks to be gone already. Rosenberg are top of the table, but they haven't really impressed that much this year. Um, they played Christian Sand last week, conceded three goals. They were good at the weekend by all accounts, but their overall away form has been pretty ropey all year. Um, and I, I just think there's reasons in their form to, to, to get encouragement from the Dundalk perspective. I certainly don't think this tie is going to be over. Um, I think this could go all the way. Um, and they just have vulnerabilities. Like you forget sometimes the pressure that these sides are under. I mean, okay, there's pressure with them, Doc. As I said, you don't want to go out. But you know, Rosenberg have a pretty expensive squad. Uh, the financial model is based on being involved in Europe. Really, a bit like Bradley Borisov last year it was a catastrophe for them. And that's pressure. Off. So, uh, I mean, if they're in a ropey position and they're going back home next week, I don't know, chasing lead or something. Um, it, it's tough. I mean, you saw even Legia Warsaw last year how they rocked big time in the second leg of that tie and they were struggling with the burden so I mean there's pressure on the Irish players of course um, but there's huge amount on these lads and if they're not maybe a, a camp that there seems to be some rumblings about at the moment I think Dundalk can get at them now I saw John Caulfield say it today <laughs> uh, that uh, Rosenberg is a tie that Dundalk should get through but I think that's what they call trolling um, and, and let's not just lose the run of ourselves I'm still here. wondering I mean, what his motivation was there but it was absolute genius uh, absolute, <laughs> uh, I mean you've got to love the needle and then uh, and then I saw as well that uh, he was, the, the, the Mark McNulty came up in the discussion and I, I think the line was ask directly 
if McNulty would have been capped if he was playing for Dundalk or a Dublin club or been in the spot he said yes it's like you've got the audience with him there all playing the same John thing. Kenny kind of Shields Caulfield it's kind of it's kind of amazing <laughs> stuff yeah but give but us a prediction so we, lo- we love it though it's all we, don't, we do the, absolutely uh, it's all part of the rivalry give us um, a one I'm going to say you're going over for a one all a one all um, I, I don't know yeah I, I would Oh, a nil all wouldn't shock me in a strange way. I'd be happy nil with that. Yeah. Shock me. Uh, I mean, that'd actually be the, the best draw for them in, in the circumstances because Bade was the only game away from home that Dundalk didn't score in last year in Europe and they scored in all the other ones. So um, if they're in a situation where an away goal could really help them next week, I'd, I'd be confident. Um, nil all is a, maybe, a, maybe a hopeful prediction, but I think, it's, I think it's doable. And you'll be writing on this game for the Irish Independent, of course, on Thursday uh, if you want to uh, read Dan's thoughts. And Dan, we'd love to have you on the show again. <laughs> Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure to be on, Johnny. I'm a big fan of your work. Big fan of your work. <laughs> and m- me of yours. Um, this, is, this is going to be fascinating, and I think what you're saying there about the team, I don't agree with John Barrett because I think he hasn't really played enough of late. I think he will go Vemelon, but I'd agree with you on the midfield and I I do feel though, and you, you would know this better than me, but I, I I would start Stephen O'Donnell. Just the you know the just he inculcates so much confidence and kind of calmness in the players around him. Notwithstanding the fact that Chris Shields had a brilliant campaign last year, but yeah, you don't, you don't think he will? No, definitely. Like uh, I know uh, that if Stephen Kenny feels that Stephen O'Donnell is is a hundred percent fit or even eighty percent fit, he's uh he, he's the main man for and uh, the main man for Dundalk, and it shows this year how much he has uh he's been missed, you know, in the games he's missed. Um. It depends. Steve, if Stephen Kinney wants to stay in the tie and uh, and stay with it, he'd probably I maybe could see him going with possibly um, O'Donnell and Shields with Benson ahead of them and maybe push Patrick McElhinney on the left hand side to come in. That's another thing. Which which now that would be a huge call because you're taking mm-hmm. the guy who's reveling in in that sort of number ten role and put him out in the wing where he was so so in Europe last year. I I wouldn't do that, but it I would imagine it's definitely possible. It's possible, especially with the with with Oriel Park not being as as big as as the uh, as other European grounds. But I he, just, he's not good defensively either. This is the other thing. Like he's not, but he's a trek going forward. Surprisingly enough, he's not too bad when he you know when he puts it in. When he puts it in, and like don't get me wrong, Patrick McLennan is absolutely he's so talented. Like and from one of the best players I've seen play live. Like you know. Um, so bags and bags of talent. I really hope but, he's not. I really hope he's yeah. not sacrificing that role. Like you know, but here yeah. We are. Well, that's it. You know, mm. it depends on if you know Stephen might look at maybe um, being still in the tie going over the second leg because he will fancy himself. Uh, Give us a prediction. To go. Um, it'll be a close one. I, I think Dundalk could make it one 0 You know, oh, I just think from the from the league campaign, it's a good distraction, and and I think they they, they possibly with David McMillan maybe. That'll be beautiful. I, I think it'll be tight. It might be one all. Now, Cork City Larnaca is a lot, I don't know, maybe a lot tougher to call. I, I can't say no much about these guys. I went to see Cork last week and I saw a lot of frailties there that were not evidenced in the League of Ireland. I thought they gave away two poor goals and I thought defensively they were very vulnerable. Uh, Kyohan was caught out badly for the first goal. Second goal, admittedly, was a handball, but Delaney was really, really struggling pace-wise, I thought, when they went at them. Ball comes in at the box. McCormick's just about a foot below the fella striking the, or heading the ball. Uh, I saw frailties with Cork. Maybe I'm being harsh on them, but Alan, what do you make of this? What do you know about Larnaca as well? A lot of kind of Spanish vets in the squad and so on. Yeah, and they have a... Uh, they have a couple this game, of, of course, is live in air sport, yeah. I should mention, as well, on Thursday. <laughs> They have a couple of uh, internationals as well uh, in in their side. Uh, I know they finished uh, second in the league for the last three years running uh, behind Apoel, is it? Um, so 
they they were they are a good side, but Cork are Cork are flying at, at the minute in the league, but losing I suppose Shawnee Maguire now and Kevin O'Connor, um, it will be interesting to see what what way Cork will go. Will they go Shepherd up front, or who do they play up front? You know, with Sadler coming in maybe on one wing and and Shepherd uh, or Maguire's obviously fit for or eligible for this game. Yeah, so, yeah and then um, but after that it's going to be how are they going yeah, to change that system? I suppose, yeah, right? and it's just listen, it it's it'll be a tough one, but um. It's a step up again. It's a it's a it's a big uh, big ask, and um, I suppose with the crowd that they have down there in Turner's Cross, that can be uh, can be a massive one for them. But uh, I think out of out of the lot of them, that is the, going to be the toughest one. I reckon. Totally agree with you. Yeah. I, I think Cork will definitely concede, but I think mm. they they could well score. Maguire playing the way he is, and uh, an interesting tweet as well from Alan Bennett on Sunday, where he was just saying like, "I'd pay money any week to see Stephen Dooley play," and. He's probably a lad who kind of came in a bit under the radar, but he's such an important part of that front three as well. He is, yeah, and he's he's hit the ground running uh, again this year. You know, he's um, obviously I played against him last year when I came out of retirement, and it was a tough, it was tough, like you know, and he's very tricky, comes inside and outside, and he's been flying it this year. And uh, saying that, Shepherd has been been on fire as well. You know, you know, it'll be difficult for it will be a tough one for Larnica, but. Um, I think the experience that they have in in European competitions as well, and um, they'd probably like Turner's Cross, but definitely they're they're a trek going forward. Just at the back, you, you kind of worry a little bit, you know, with Cork, um, especially with away goals and stuff. Yeah, it's just I suppose Johnny Dunleavy um being out as well as a blow. And uh, to be fair to Cork, I th- I think it was a little bit difficult for them in Turner's Cross in the sense that they knew the game was kind of over and they weren't really sure how to approach it. Uh, but they got the job done and they scored four goals. I think it's, it's going to be a really entertaining game live in Air Sport on Thursday and uh, really can't wait to see that. Now, the other game on Thursday night is uh, Rovers, uh, who happily got through against Starnan last uh, week. They're playing Lada Balislav. And uh, earlier on, I was joined by Tonikin Chinchinsky. I'm still struggling with that name. <laughs> Tomer Chinchinsky, their keeper. Uh, thanks to Owen. Owen, by the way, our producer or whatever he was called, was let down in an accumulator by Galway footballers last week. Um, but anyway, we'll get on to that later. But Tomer came in earlier on and we had a good chat about life and Mlada Balislav. I always love an old podcast. <laughs> Tomer, first of all, I have to thank you for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, two things to congratulate you on. Firstly, I would say the performance last week, which is unbelievable. And second of all, the birth of your daughter, your first child. Yeah, well, more importantly for myself, we, my, myself and my wife were so excited for, you know, Maya. She was born on uh, the 25th of May. And uh, it's just exciting. There's no other feeling to or no other word to describe it. And it's just incredible. And the whole, uh, the whole, pr- the whole process of it, of going into the hospital and driving. And it's funny, my wife and I we were talking about how... Uh, you know, the moment that uh, that she goes into labor, she starts having the contractions. It's me, the one going, going to be going crazy. Ah, yeah. We got to go, we got to go. And then for somehow just leaving her at home, just driving in the car by myself. I'd be like, getting to the hospital, I'm like, where's my wife? Yeah, uh, and you were saying <laughs> as well that you, uh, you're you trying to get your sleeping patterns as good as possible with a view to these football games. Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, you know, coming coming back home when whenever we're playing at 8 o'clock at night, I'm coming back, she's already asleep, you know. Or she's, yeah, well, she's already asleep. And uh, This is Maya, not it, your wife now. Right? This is Maya. <laughs> yeah. Did you call her after the rapper? Maya. Uh, Maya? Who? No. Maya? Oh, no. No, 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 no. No. But, um, yeah, coming back. Actually, both of them are asleep when I'm coming back. My <laughs> wife's exhausted. <laughs> she's tired. Exhausted. And did uh, I get your name right, by the way? I'm going to say, okay, 
Tona Chenchensky. Yes. Okay. Yes. The spelling. What about spelling? Can you do it with your eyes closed now? C H E N C I S C K I. No, no, no. Fail. Okay, let me try one more thing here. Right? <laughs> I'm going to try and list your clubs and see if I can pronounce it rightly. Toronto FC. Yeah. Detroit in Ignition. In Ignition. Yes, Ignition. Newark Ironbound Express. Yeah. That's by Newark Airport, is it? Yeah, it is. It was a, it's a, that's like a, it's a PDL club. It's like right uh, like when I was in college, right out of college. Oh. I got delayed out of Newark the only time I was there, and it took me 36 hours to get back to... Oh, it's a terrible airport. Mm. Terrible airport. Uh, Nistru Otachi. Yeah. Uh, Harrisburg City Islanders, yeah. Vasan Palasura, yeah. Ori Bruesque, mm-hmm. Maccabi Tel Aviv, yeah. Hakua Amida Ramat Gan, yeah. Unknown, yeah. Hapoel near Ramat Hasharon, yeah. Unknown. Uh, Rops, we can Rops. call them that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Rops. Well, you know, Rops yeah. is known to uh, Rovers fans. Yeah, that's right, actually. Yeah. Uh, FC Santa Claus. Yeah, that was uh, when I got injured in uh, in Rovaniemi with ropes. It's it was it's basically like their farm team. So I was there just for it's in the same city. So I just played them uh, with them for two matches just to get uh, first team minutes again right before I went because I was training with uh, still with ropes and everything, but just to get some matches in the meantime. Helsingborgs, Helsingborgs, yeah, and Shamrock Rovers. Love it. This reminds me of looking at Kenny Cunningham's career because there are no goals kind of from any of your clubs, <laughs> but you are a keeper. You've got a lot of clubs, though. This more reminds me of like uh, Rodrigo Tosi's career because he has a hell of a lot of clubs in different countries as well. Yeah, he does. He's played in a lot of countries. Mm. Your background's really interesting. You were born in Israel mm-hmm. and you left for Canada when you were eight. Yeah. Uh, how did that all happen? Uh, yeah, my parents are both from Poland and we just uh, we moved to Canada for, uh, you know, my dad wanted to. Well, not my dad, but my parents wanted to give us, uh, you know, an opportunity, just an easier lifestyle and better life. And and uh, life in in Canada is just more relaxed and easier. And than in Israel? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just in Israel. It's very high-paced and things are very expensive. Like cost of living is very high and, and it's difficult to... Listen, if you have... If you have a lot of money, it's I would say it's one of the best places to live. You know, great food, great weather. You know, people are people are very nice and warm and open. It's basically culture and just open for everybody. But um, you know, the downside is just the cost of living is through the roof. It's so expensive. Do you so, remember much about that change? Then, like Canada must be so much different. Obviously, uh, well, Canada is very different. But I remember, you know, <laughs> I remember one of the stories was because when we moved, I didn't speak a word of English. Right, not a lick. It was all Hebrew. In Israel, yeah, 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 it was, yeah. Even at eight, you didn't speak English. Oh, I didn't speak a word of English. Yeah, well, and um, you know, one of my first schools, you know, I had bright red hair, and I, and you know, I went to. Uh, you look almost Irish, actually. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Thank you. You know, yeah. it's when I'm not sure that's uh, something to be lauded, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> most people would say we're not the best looking race in the world, but I don't think we're too bad. <laughs> that's yeah. all right. Yeah, and uh, so I went to so I went to school one of my first days, and I had this girl. She just came up to me, and she touched my hair, and she said something. And I thought that uh, I thought she was making fun of him because she smiled. So I just pushed her to the floor, and then I looked over and I did this actually right in front of the principal's window. And the principal was just looking at me, and I just ran home. That was at eight years. <laughs> that of was age. at eight. Years. Yeah. So then my mom, you know, so the principal calls my mom and brings me in, and then he explains to my mom what happened, and then he explains to my mom explains to me that oh, she was just saying she likes your hair color. She's never seen it like that. But I thought she was making fun of me, so I pushed her. I feel really bad. You've done a bit of that this season as well. <laughs> I've done Strikers a little bit of that. kind of encroaching on you, giving away penalties. Yeah, there's uh, that happened one time. Yeah. That happened one time, even though, well, that's the past, but I don't think that uh, whether it was the right call or not, it doesn't matter. It's that's, debatable. That's history, yeah. and then it's uh, we moved on, and 
and uh, only good things since then. Absolutely. And going back to your early days, you're just talking to us for the show that uh, your wife initially uh, wouldn't, you know, kind of be wouldn't wouldn't I suppose wasn't warm to your advance advances, but also. Yeah. You told you were going to be a professional soccer player. Yeah. Now, this was in Canada, and also you were a goalkeeper. So how, mm. is, how did that path lead to that? You, you know, How did she turn her mind around as well? Actually? Oh, one thing about me is I'm very persistent. It doesn't mm. matter what it is. Like If there's something that I want or something that I believe in, it's, uh, it doesn't matter who's or what is in my way. I make sure to, to still get it. It doesn't matter, doesn't matter what it is, what obstacle it is. I make sure I get past it. And, and with my wife, it's... Uh, you know, I, we wanted to date. She, I think she went on one date with me, and then I. She said, "I don't remember this, but uh, but I take my wife's word." <laughs> and uh, she says that I called her, and she basically ignored me. And um, for for a long time, for a long time, it's you know, even when I went back home, uh, we went out, we went out on a date, but then she didn't want anything to do with me, and I don't know why, because I'm handsome, I'm smart, you know, I get. To, I don't know why. I'm I'm confused and all actually. Yeah. <laughs> I can see by the way you're looking in, into my eyes. It's not, so uh, that's my way with guests, you know. Yeah, especially when Dan's that's you escort like, them. It's um, um, so. Um, and how were you? How did you become a keeper then? Like, how was football? I mean, what was the options in Canada? I guess. Uh, well, honestly, I, I you know, like football in Canada is you know it's growing, and uh, I wasn't always a goalkeeper. I became a, go- a keeper when I was. Around 13, 14, we were in a tournament and um, we're doing, you know, warming up the goalkeeper, taking shots. And all of a sudden, somebody takes a shot and the goalkeeper and breaks his wrist. And it's like, oh, my God, what do we do? We don't have another goalkeeper. And so he's looking, the coach looking at the players and be like, does anybody want to go in goal? And I said, the gloves look cool. I'll go in that. You know, and then it, I isn't it amazing how, how this can happen? Uh, I, if you ask any goalkeeper, it's basically most goalkeepers will have a crazy story about how you go because who wants to be in that? It's like, everybody wants to be the striker, right? The guy that scores the goals and you know gets all the glory and everything. As a goalkeeper, we ne- we never really get you know the glory. If there's a great game or things like that, then they'll find a way that it's still oh the striker did this. But the mm. moment that there's a uh, you know a poor game or something, it's very easy to point fingers. Yeah, um, you know, so it's it's a position where you really need. You know, to have a strong head and strong shoulders and to know that uh, you're basically to trust your performance mm. and to trust yourself. And if you know, if you believe that you've done well and you did well, just to trust yourself. And that's why I think a lot of times younger goalkeepers have a harder time because just that adjustment, it's basically you can't, you can't buy experience. And that's why an experience only comes with, with years and with games and, and just with... Uh, just yeah, with years and with games, it's is it a lonely place at times. It, yeah, it can be a lonely place. You know, listen. It, I, Remember the mistake in the season with Sean Maguire. Like, how do you recover? Remember in Tala games yeah, you probably yeah, shouldn't yeah. have lost. Really, these yeah, things absolutely. happen. Wet surface, yeah, but yeah. you got to get over that. Yeah, but but that's the thing, right? I I remember exactly what happened. But if I, you know, we we lost we lost the game, but we brought ourselves back into the game because we tied it up right before halftime, right? And I I still believe it's a game that we shouldn't have lost. You know, it's two silly errors and two goals. Other than that, they didn't have anything. But um, it's basically with the goalkeeper's job is it, mistakes happen. It happens in all positions, but you really need to make sure that basically it's like short-term memory. It's like it happened and then it's gone. Because, mm. if, because if I'm dwelling on, on the last goal that went in, all of a sudden I have another 85 minutes to play. And, and then what? What happens if I make the save and, we, and then we end up uh, scoring two goals at close at the end and then we went 2-1? You know, people are going to talk about the mistakes, but then they're going to be like, oh, you know, well done. You, you stayed in it. You recovered. You, uh, you know, you regrouped after, the, after that one moment uh, of lapse, you know. And sure. You, you, so you have to just make sure that you have that short-term memory and you just move on. And what are your coach and teammates like in terms of, you know, if you do make a mistake, they kind of 
every everyone we, we moved moved forward together i suppose yeah listen we uh, like personally or are you talking about as a team and yeah and rovers in general uh, you know, yeah. listen yeah we've been making uh, you've made mistakes befitting we, a young we, team we, i guess yeah, like. well we have a young team we mm. have a team that basically you know the gaffer just came in who's brilliant with everything that he wants from us and everything that he expects from us and at the same time everything that he helps us with and and um you sound like you have a lot of time for him <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we do because because uh we, you know we believe in in everything that he wants to implement and everything the coaching stuff that that, that he's brought uh that he's brought on and he, listen there's it's a new it's a new squad it's a young squad so if you look at uh you know the dog who's had a great run of uh great run a few years in cork with the incredible stuff that they're doing this year good for them you know they've had a team in place um basically the same same team in place for the last few years so they've been building towards that <coughs> it's taken time it's taken time and that's something that uh you know in the past rovers have had and then it kind of went away from that and now i think the gaffer wants to uh bring that back because he wants to bring in the right character because it's not about it's not only about ability but it's about having the right personality the right characters in the dressing room right the right the people uh around so you can feed off of and and there's basically that there's no bad apples and that we don't have that and that's uh, really important that's very important because you can have a you can have a great team and i you know i've played on i've played on a couple teams where where if you look at the paper you're like oh, you know this team is supposed to be really good and then all of a sudden we we're at the bottom of the table and you're like how did that happen disparate and, individuals and whatever you know when and when you have that then it's you know it can cost the team a season and how did you get to rovers i got to rovers actually through last year uh when the gaffer took charge uh semi-ristola he was here and uh, Sammy knows me. He was me. a good player, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I remember he was a good player. Yeah. He really so, was a good player. So Sammy knows me. Uh, I don't know Sammy personally. You know, we, you know, some people know, you know, they know each other because I played in Finland. So he knows my ability. He's seen me playing. He knows the type of personality and character that I am and uh, the demands that I put and with the ability that I can bring. And that's, uh, and he recommended me and he thought that I'd be, um, you know, a good piece to, to the puzzle. How have you found it? How have you found the whole League of I, Ireland experience? I, you know what I, I love it. I love uh, you know I love you know the you know the players and the in the club and everything that uh, you know everybody's they're working hard all the time and they're enjoying it and and it's you know the level in terms of other places that I've played is not uh, is not as high but it's guys come into work every single day and that's uh, and that's all you, a lot of times that's all you can expect and you want you know guys are there because they want to improve. And the country itself is, and the people are, you know, first class, and it's just it. It helps with everything. You and know, how would you compare it to standardwise in terms of where you've played? I would say it's probably between uh, a level between Finland and Sweden. Yeah, uh, that's fair enough. Yeah. You know, I think we take that. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's I think it's a little bit above. Uh, well, not a little bit. I, like, again, I think it's between Finland and Sweden. You know, mm. I think that some some aspects that. Uh, you know that needs to improve in the league in order for it what's to, that uh, let's say with uh with tv games with cameras with uh just the whole um packaging media of it. yeah exactly everything like if you look at and that's something that even finland now they you know have, have invested in every single game is on tv and every single game is you know different camera angles and things like like in sweden it's i think it's fantastic because you can see all the games. You can see different angles, slow motion, high definition. Right? They have difference. that. It makes a huge difference. And sometimes, if you look at, even if you want to improve as a team, sometimes it's difficult seeing it from the video that uh, that they have because it sometimes it's very just like one sided. It's just it doesn't give you all 
you know, whole, almost a whole 360 degrees. And I, listen, I understand that it, that it's expensive and it costs money, but I believe that in order for, if you want something to improve and get better, I believe that you need to, uh, you need to invest. Yeah. And, and just to talk about the, uh, the game against Jarnan, uh, both legs, you were really excellent. But I have to say, like, everyone was raving about your performance in Tala. And it obviously must have been extra special because members of your family were actually there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, listen, it, it was it was. Your incredible. brother came over? Yeah, my brother came over. My dad came over. So it was an incredible feeling that, uh, that they were able to watch me and they were able to to be there with me and, and live it with me. And, you know, to see their faces after the game and the smiles. And, of course, it's always sweeter when, when, it's, uh, uh, when you play well. But it's but you also have to make sure that you take that in context and make sure that you don't get too high and you don't get too low, right? Because now, uh, uh, because now we have a next game on Thursday, and if all of a sudden somebody, it doesn't matter who me my, or or anybody else in the squad, if it doesn't, if you don't play well, people are not going to re- really remember. Oh yeah, but the game before he did this and and he did that. Only as good as your last game, exactly. You know, so you need to make sure that uh, you know we because it was a team effort, and and my my firm belief is that sometimes. I'm going to need the team, you know, I make a mistake, let's say like, like in Cork, you know, I, I need the team or things like that. And uh, other times it's a team's going to need me. And, uh, yeah. and you know, in, in that time, in that, you know, I, I think that for me, what the, the most important part of the game is that I was able to control it. I was able to, to take charge and I was able to play a high line and I was able to, uh, uh, you know, talk and communicate and you know that first save was important because to keep it, it uh, yeah it was huge and it was it was an amazing save and let's just before we wrap up as well let's talk about Mladabalislav what do you know mm-hmm. about them and what's what's realistic here yeah uh, you know what not not too much but I know that uh, listen they're coming from the Czech League Czech League is uh, it's a good league they finished fourth so they're they're there for a reason um you know they're Czech players I know that from playing like in preseason and seeing them not not uh not this particular team but uh, other Czech clubs uh, you know they're talent, they're technical players that uh, that want to play, and they're big boys and they're strong, and and it just um, you know it's something that uh, I think that we can match up well against, and I think that uh, you know the gaffer is really and the rest of the coaching staff is really going to prepare us well for it, and and you know we're looking up for uh, for the battle. And any international aspirations left to play for Canada? You have I think one cap played as Belarus twenty thirteen. Yeah. yeah, listen, I would of course I would love to. It's uh, you know being able to represent your country is an honor and. In, in every single way so i would love to be able to get um you know a call back and to get another cap and you know it's just uh but my my but my main focus is uh you know with rovers and just doing the best that i can here sure and luke byrne who you may know or may not know has tweeted is it true your blue puma runners are older than aaron Bolger? <laughs> <laughs> that's a yes and kevin mcdade marv or kev or formerly of the show has tweeted in that you like your cooking so maybe you and i can discuss how to present pork shoulders we can talk about that later it's been great having you on the show thank actually. you so much for having yeah me. yeah and and delighted that i think it's going well learned with the family and everything yeah yeah yeah. we love it here yeah we love it, yeah that's good and we're, we're really wishing you the best against emlada as well and uh everyone cheering rovers on and best of luck ah, thank you so much for having me. thanks and he was actually definitely a guy that i would like to get on the show again it was kind of one of these uh opportunities i suppose where you just wish you had a little bit longer but uh i think tomer's happy to come back again rovers have been I suppose they've nearly been talked about more than any other team this season, Alan, because of the expectation and them being Shamrock Rovers, Shams as they're called in your yeah. parts. Uh, but they obviously survived the Icelandic test. They're not going badly in the league. What have you made of them? Uh, no, they haven't been going badly. Uh, I, I watched them there last week against uh, Sligo Rovers and uh, they were poor for me, you know, they weren't great. Um, 
I know Stephen Bradley said afterwards he, he was happy with the performance and that. Um, Sligo weren't great. Sligo ended up winning 1-0. But um, they went on then, obviously, on, on the Thursday night and went and, uh, and got through the European game. They looked a little bit tired. And Sligo got hammered in Derry. Uh, yeah, so, so it, it was a bit, of a bit of a strange one. But uh, they have, you know, you look at Ronan Finn and they have a lot of lads there with experience as well. And uh, Shamrock Rovers will be Shamrock Rovers. They'll, they, they'll always, they'll draw a big crowd. And, and um, I think, they'll give it a good go at Tallah Stadium you know on, on Thursday night um, whether it be enough I don't know if they have enough to, to with against this Czech side um, uh, they'd be a strong side but look at you have likes of uh, Trevor Clark and he's Brandon Mead he's a smashing prospect very very good prospect uh, I've seen him he was obviously he was taken off when they played Sligo Rovers down in uh, in Sligo um, wasn't his best of, best of games but he He's definitely one for the future. And um, if he keeps progressing the way he is, he'd be going across the water as well. There was yeah, Ronan Finn in there as well in the middle of the park. And you know, Is Brandon, that model going to work? Sorry to interrupt. Is that model going to work where they kind of develop these young players and sell them on? Um, I, I, I think they, they're doing the right thing. They're going the right way. They have a good underage structure. They've got a lot of uh, good experienced lads in working with the, with the kids, ex-players and stuff. And I think... it. It'll take time, you know. You're talking maybe another five, six years before you actually see any uh, progress. And with this on the 15 league coming in as well, I think they'll be very, very strong in in um in the league in a couple of years to come. They're, I suppose, you look at it. They're a team in a bit of a war in a bit of a transition period, and I think they're starting to get a bit of stability back. I'm I'm going off on a tangent here, but they, just to mention the under 15 league, Mayo have just appointed their own under 15 uh, manager. You've been involved in underage and kind mm -hmm. of Sligo and Leitrim. Are we going to be able to push football in those kind of backwaters in terms of like the likes of Monaghan, Cavan, Mayo, and to, to an extent that they might play League of Ireland eventually? Um, well, obviously that will be the selling point for anyone is, is to get them. But when there's no teams in around the area, uh, it's going to be difficult, you know. And you look at it as well, it's going to put a lot of finance uh, pressure on the clubs that are already struggling with finances, you know, and having to get extra buses and all that kind of stuff around the country so it'll be interesting to see um it's good for the it's very good for the underage coming through but uh, i suppose we'll wait and see in the next couple of years and just a couple a line on on Malabladislav as well they finished fourth in 14 15 15 16 and 16 17 27 points behind slavia prague last year which would broadly put them actually in line with rovers so your question here is an average team from uh, czech versus an average team from ireland you would suggest the czechs would win but not necessarily they have a chance i give rovers a chance in this um, i just think getting through to the last round is going to do wonders for them prediction um, I think uh, Shams possibly two. Shams, one. yeah, two one. I think. A lot of, lot of Rovers fans uh, spitting at the pod there, whatever it is they're listening to it on. But uh, that's all right by me anyway. And just to note as well, Cork City fans, we're going to have a Twitter competition for you guys. Keep an eye uh, on that. Uh, I think it may relate to uh, player, but uh, we shall see. Anyway, keep an eye on Twitter, and uh, there's a nice competition and a nice prize there. Uh, so yeah, we, we've recapped there on Europe, and uh, I can't wait, Alan. I have to say, I love this time of year. Yeah, uh, and I guarantee you the players as well are loving it. You know, a good distraction from the league, and you're playing against good opposition, and uh, to pit yourself against it, see how you do, and you know, it'll be a buzz around every, every little uh, stadium. Um, and listen, uh, I, I fancy two out oh, two. Hopefully three going through, but uh, I just find it, uh, I mean, Dundalk could be the tough one when they go away to Rosenberg. They're all outsiders now. They're all fairly yeah. strong outsiders, we got to say. Yeah. Two but would be great. Two would be great. I yeah. just, I, I think that, you know, you, you might have Shams and, uh, and Cork maybe. 
Cork have a tough one, but uh, I just feel Dundalk, if they can, uh, it'll be a difficult one out in Rosenberg. If they can, if they can get a good result tomorrow night, um, who knows? But it will be a tough one out in Rosenberg. Yeah, I, I, I do fancy Dundalk, I have to say. But um, anyway, let's see what happens. I'll be in Oriel uh, if anyone is there tomorrow night. And uh, obviously, if you can't make it to Cork, get the coverage on Air Sports. Uh, you might get lads uh, being drenched by sprinklers. Now, part three is week 22 preview and a rundown of last week's results, which were uh, Bowes nil, Dundalk won. That was on the Wednesday. Cost me a lot of money, that game. Kieran Kilduff, if you're listening, cost me a lot of money. Drogheda United nil, Finn Harps two. Um, desperate stuff from the Drogs. Galway United three, Limerick won, uh, which was great altogether. Cork won, Pats nil. Our old boy, Owen Garvin, sent off in the tunnel at halftime. Reportedly quite harshly. And Alan, I want to bring you in on this. This was, again, I'm going on highlights, but Derry City forced Liger Rovers nil. And you did actually need to listen to the highlights, or watch the highlights, just need to listen to Ger Little afterwards, because this was desperate stuff from Sligo. Yeah, it was very bad. It was one shot on target they had. And I feel for Ger Little, actually. He's inheriting a mess, is that right? Inheriting a mess, I think, yeah. You could see, I suppose, from the start of the year that they were going to struggle. They just... Uh, just hadn't got the personnel there and I suppose experience and I, I fear for them now uh, losing um, Kieran Sadler and, and Liam Martin and not really replacing them uh, yet Reese McCabe went off injured there uh, against Derry City and John Russell possibly another uh, suspension coming up you know so really really uh, low in numbers and uh, you, I would you expect talking them. yourself back into playing yeah. no no definitely not no <laughs> uh, no but look at, uh, I just no, that's, they are out of the relegation zone at the moment they are but I had expected them after the win against Shamrock Rovers. They they were decent enough. They were they, they, you know they, I suppose there was a bit of desire and heart in them. But to go in the following week and lose four 0 to Derry, um, and the results didn't go the way for them either. So unless they start, it's a massive game now this week against Drogheda. Um, it's a must win, and I just hope that uh, they can go on a little run and they're slowly running out of games. And I, I feel like Pats will put a run of games together. And that's the difficult one. Harps are harps. Harps are, are digging out, grinding out results, you know. And funnily enough, Ollie Horgan, again, sounded utterly despondent after the 2-0 away win that they enjoyed at the weekend. What an absolute champ. The games at the weekend as well are Pats against Derry. That's Friday at quarter to eight. Um, and Harps are playing Bows. Saturday, Sligo play Drada. Huge, huge game for both teams there. I feel both of them probably suffering from a lack of morale and... Uh, Bray Wanderers, who are still in, in existence, despite kind of a lot of reservations still from the players as of uh, last night. Anyway, they play Cork at four o'clock on Sunday. And uh, just the first division as well. Athlone are playing Cabo. Shells against Wexford both Friday and Saturday. Cove against UCD in a huge game. And Longford against Watford. Longford under Neil Finn. Um, getting there with experience and their own website extolling the fact that the girls love him because of his swarthy tan. Yeah, <laughs> Neil Finn was a good old player in his day. Yeah, he was very good. Yeah, mm. and by all accounts, he's he's a he's a good coach, a good up and coming coach. And dresses very well. Yeah, he does. He dresses smart. He has the look on the sideline. If I you were a coach, would you be a tracksuit or a? Oh, I'd, I'd be a, a shirt and tie. No, not a shirt and tie for me. Tracksuit. Yeah, tracksuit. Yeah, definitely. Is that um, down the road for you? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've done my uh, UEFA B badge going on, doing my UEFA this year now, so uh, uh, it's something I, I suppose in the future I'd look to, but I don't know who'd want to be a manager these days. There you are, yeah, well, I, we're gonna, you're going to have to step in for Dan here and we'll do our predictions, because I think I got on very well last week, didn't I? Yeah, three out of four, something like that, and what let me down was uh, 
went for the draw in, in Bunkrana. I think that was because they were coming off the European debacle. Um, Jesus, again, they defended so badly in that. I don't know if you've been following Derry in Europe, but I, I just think they're such a good football inside. I could not believe how badly they defended. They conceded, what, 10 goals over the two legs? Mm. Yeah. It's, <sighs> it's, 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 listen, it's been a difficult season for them, you know. Of course. Uh, it's been a, been a big loss losing their captain the way they did and, you know, for the team, and it's a young side. Um, it was disappointing because I actually thought they would have would have done all right, but they were up against top class opposition as well. You know, they were to be fair. Okay, let's let's get let's get this over with because uh, Jerry is the first team we're talking about here against Pats. Uh, Own Garvin being sent off, I think, is going to not help. Uh, I think he's a three game ban uh, as of the last I understood of this. So Pats are home to Derry. They looked like they played well against Cork from the highlights. They missed a sitter in the first couple of minutes. Um, okay, Pats and Derry. I'm going to go for uh, I'm going to go for a draw here. And uh, it should also be noticed that Derry haven't won away since they beat Rovers in March one nil. I think Ryan McBride scored actually, and but they are unbe- unbeaten in the last five against Pats and three wins all in Richmond and two draws. How do you call it, Adam? I fancy Derry. Fancy Derry to beat Pats. Yeah. Uh, I just think Pats are struggling at the minute. I think it'll take uh, another, I suppose, week or two for the the sign and settle in and get get their strongest side. And I think Gavin Pears is out as well, um, and they've been struggling defensively this year. So I I just think Derry are starting a little bit of form in the league, and uh, they have a, just that little bit um, of a flair going forward that I think they'll they'll beat them. And it's funny, people have said Pats are struggling defensively, but I, I haven't noticed Chrissy Fagan in the last few games. I don't know I don't know what's going on with him. His lack of goals and just he hasn't been playing well. I think I think that's a massive, massive issue for him. And I hope a guy of his talents obviously can can uh, start scoring again. But Harps and Bowes, I mean, <laughs> you'd like to think Bowes are out of it. Uh, I'm not 100% sure they are. I was really impressed with him against, uh, against Dundalk last week. Just a club. Uh, they had They had a... A game against FC United on Saturday and they had like it was like a craft beer kind of celebration at two hipster football clubs and they had music from the Hacienda <laughs> nightclub which is where Joy Division would have uh, made their name in in the late 70s early 80s sounded like a great idea but I had to work um but anyway they're <laughs> playing in Finn Park on Saturday which is a totally different experience how is this gonna go um well, harps at home are always difficult aren't they uh I can see like, one of the worst dress rooms in the league as well as us. Um, yeah, well, it's a bit better than than Oriel. Um, well, it's a bit better. Yeah, it's better than Oriel and it's better than Drogheda's, you know, uh, Hunky Dory Park. Um, but I fancy, I fancy uh, a score draw there. I think nicest dress room in the league. Nicest dress room in the league will be, I suppose, Intala. I suppose is probably the best. Yeah, Galway's Terryland. Galway's Galway's lovely stage, as well. Yeah. yeah, it's much much similar. Like you know. Uh, gonna go for a draw there. Tough one. Uh, right, Sligo Rovers against Drogheda. Now, if 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 they couldn't be playing them at a better time, so Drogheda haven't scored in about eighteen years at this stage. They've been desperate form. Um, I think they got one in seven for argument's sake. But Sligo have to win this game, surely. Yeah, it's a. I said it earlier. It's a. It's a six pointer for both of them. They he, they need to. They need to to get this uh, win, and I fancy them to probably. Win two or three nil, you know, at home. I think they'll get the crowd behind them. Hopefully on a, on a Saturday, and um, it, it's a must win. If if draw had a win, I just fear for the rest of the season for for Sligo Rovers. You know? 
I, I'm not sure about this one because I think Sligo's confidence might be shot and how they'll react to Jerry Little's comments as well is going to be interesting. He was very downbeat. And just looking at Drogheda against Harps, if Thomas Byrne had put away some of the shots, he looked really dangerous. Um, did an incredible uh, kind of, after being fouled, like tumbling all over the pitch for about six, sec seven seconds and then nonchalantly walked up when he got the free kick. Very continental-like, but it's on Twitter if you can find it. If he starts, I think Drogheda will fancy this. I'm going to go for an away win. Because I think they'd be like, realistically, if we win this, we're back up to 20 points. And this is a good time to play Sligo. So I'm going to go left field. Bray against Cork. What have you made the whole Bray tobacco? Um, it's it's a joke, really. Like, you know, they, a joke. Yeah, this time last year, they couldn't pay the wages of the players. And then they then they come this season and they're handing out two and three year contracts to players. And the FEI have, have said them that have said something that they're, they're a model club or, or something in, in that regards. And how you can go from not being able to pay your players a year, not even a year, nine months later to hand out two and three year contracts. It was always going to, and, and, and to be honest with you, they don't get the biggest amount of fans either. And um, it just proved this year that they were flying it at one stage. They were second, first and second, you know, in the table. Um, going toe and toe with, with Dundalk for that second spot. And I just, I just find it a uh, really mind boggling, really, to be honest with you, how, how they've, They've got got their license at the start of the year, and I knew there was there was an issue with with their ex keeper as well, um, and Mick Cook as well. Yeah, so I I really it's 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 strange, and Harry Kinney's done an excellent job since he's gone there, you know, and and from all my times playing Bray, they never had many fans there, so I didn't know, I don't think I don't know where they were thinking their money was going to come from, and now the I suppose the conflict in the um, uh, statements made by both players and the club uh, it's just it's it's uh, crazy to be honest because you'd argue as well I, I think the league's in a great place relative to where it has been I think in terms of the football we're playing the standards this drags it down it does yeah it's a, like you, you just want one one year of, of absolutely nothing in the league and <laughs> and get a run of it and it always seems to be brave to be honest with you. And like the last couple of years is brave brave and brave and, you know, honourable mention to Atlone this season as well so. yeah well that's a uh, there's a couple of uh, things still live there, I think, but uh, it's a strange one as well. As Prediction here? It'll be interesting to see how Cork react after the European, but I just think Cork are, are, uh, will be too good for them. I think they are uh, they have a good uh, strength and depth in their, in their side, and I think they'll they'll obviously go on and win the league this year. Um, they will. Yeah, I think so. And it'll you know you're you're looking they'll have to lose at least six seven games and and uh, Dundalk to to win all the rest of them. And I can't see Cork losing. Um, too many more games this season and it was actually interesting in Daily Mount last week because uh, it's, it looked like half of the Bray team were there and a load of them were there and it just it's a strange sight it was like as if they were on the catwalk but then they were told like oh no it's grand you're going to be paid for the rest of the season I think they could actually put up to Cork Cork might be a little bit just in mm. the middle of the whole Euro thing um, and I think that's about it uh, yeah we've mentioned the competition it's been great having you on Alan no bother at did all you, did Alan enjoy his time question mark on, that must be on this. Did I enjoy my time on this? Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Loved hearing yeah. all your stories. Do we have any <laughs> tweets? I think we're all right for tweets, actually. Um, Kieran, what is the weirdest altercation that you had in football? That might be to do with um, the Garvin incident at half time. Did that ever, anything like that ever happen to you, kind of when you're the tunnel? Like, what goes on in terms of. Yeah, well, you do go in the tunnel and. You know, you get you're frustrated after game at half time in games with the refs and stuff. But uh, you know, you always have to keep your cool. Uh, it is a difficult one because they do frustrate you. The referees, their inconsistencies. But uh, 
I've had, I suppose I've had a few little bust-ups and tunnels and stuff like that, but... Oh, you have? Yeah, I've had, yeah, yeah. yeah You're so, feisty old player, were you? Well, yeah, well, I'd, I, I just sometimes couldn't keep me cool, you know. Um, but uh, Any honourable mentions? I won't mention many names, but uh, yeah, there's a few little things, but um, it, it happens all, all the time, you know. My Cork prediction, uh, in case I missed it, was... I'm going to go for an away win, but I wouldn't be sure about that. And um, last question for you. No, I actually know I have two questions for you. 10-team league, yes or no? Uh, no, uh, I think it's just boring. And to, You start playing your, the teams over three times and you can meet them in the cup and, and league cup. And I just think it's it's crazy. Familiarity breeds boredom and so on. Exactly. And people aren't going to keep coming in paying the same to watch the same teams. You know, it's it should be home and away and a, and a, and a bigger league, however they do it. You know. Are you a fan of home and away? Uh, definitely, yeah. I just think um, it gives... The, the show, like? Yeah. Oh, home and away, I yeah. used to be, yeah. until my child came along, I didn't get time to watch it in the afternoon. <laughs> Jeez, that's an honourable excuse. Second mention for home and away uh, on LOI Weekly. And lastly, name the three teams to get relegated. Uh, Drogheda. Harps. And I think it will be between... Galway and Sligo. Galway and Sligo, yeah. Name it. Um, Galway. Yeah, I, I, I worry for Sligo, I have to say. And uh, big honourable mention to Owen McCormack, former Banisaw Town, who scored for Galway United last week and a beautiful goal he got as well. And Ronan Murray's goal out of this world. Happy days. Yeah, Ronan Murray's a top player as well. I, I, I've, I've said that from the start of the season. The, the way he plays, I, I watched him twice against Sligo and um, he, was, uh, he was very, very good. Like him. I think that he could be gone to a bigger club by the... In the, by oh, at the end of the season we're already going to lose league race by the sound of it but uh, great to have you on Alan. and um, yeah just best of luck to the three clubs really really uh, reveling in us at this stage to see how Dundalk Cork City and Shamrock Rovers get on we are as ever on Podcast Republic Stitcher SoundCloud iTunes and Snapchat thanks to Alan thanks to Tom Chinchinsky and thanks to Dan from Oriel uh, where he'll be tomorrow night and uh, thanks for listening to you as well <laughs>